Thank you for choosing to listen to our sermon podcast. My name is Chris Mitchell. I'm one of the pastors here at First Covenant Church of Anchorage. If you have any questions or prayer requests, feel free to stop by or send an email to office at anchoragefirstcovenant.com. God bless. Good morning. It is good to be here to worship. And um, I think my mic is a little bit hot, huh? So, um, uh, I just want you to know that as I come this morning, um, hearing these songs sung was really was really uh, moving and powerful. Um, just knowing that there's been a lot of loss lately, and it hits me at a personal level, uh, as my cousin was was found yesterday, uh, passed away, and so it really hit pr- at a personal level. I'm really aware of. Um, in my hometown, it was prayed. You know, there's been six losses since New Year's Day or so, and I know there's others. Uh, I know there's family heading to Yimlikli to lay a loved one to rest. So it's really on my mind. And, and it, as we sang day by day and with each passing moment, um, every time I sing that hymn, it brings me back to the moment when I was a seven-year-old boy at the funeral of my father, Glenn Ivanoff. And um, so, man, my heart was really stirred. Um, thinking about, I mean, just remembering that and knowing there's, there's loss. It's very real. And so I'm, I'm very mindful of that as I come to share God's word. And I think that um, the verse that God has laid on my heart to share, I hope it offer encouragement, especially to those of you who, are, who, are, who have lost uh, or who remember loved ones who you've lost, um, as it offers a good word of encouragement and of hope. And it's Romans 12, 12. Would you hear this word? Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Would you pray with me? God, we're we're thankful that you are with us. You are Emmanuel. We have just come out of a season celebrating that you were born and that hope entered the world through you. So now in this moment, help our hearts and minds to be alive to your word and to your Holy Spirit. You would speak to us and encourage us, equip us, empower us, sustain us. We're listening now, Lord. We pray in your name. Amen. So hope. I don't know about you, but we've we've entered a new year and someone asked me, hey, do you do New Year's resolutions? And I said, you know, those don't work, don't work for me, you know, too much. It's like, you know, uh, I'm going to eat less. I'm going to exercise every day. I'm going to run a marathon in July, so i got to prepare, you know. And by right about now, it's like, uh, maybe next year, <laughs> you know. Yeah, maybe you can relate. Um, so, you know, but, um, but this passage, you know, this verse speaks of hope, and we enter a new year, and we do have hopes. We reflect on the previous year, and there's things we look forward to, to maybe change or do differently or grow or read something or go somewhere and learn. And, um, and so it's, it is refreshing to enter a new year. Um, and so we can hope for, for big things. We can hope for little things, you know. Nowadays, it's like, man, I hope I get some eggs at Fred Meyer, <laughs> you know. Um, you know, I'm a sports fan. And, um, man, last night, we we're and, – and all through this season, I'm – we have hopes for my son's basketball team to do well, you know, or cheer them on and 
and we hope they'll do well. And last night they did pretty well. It was fun. So there's there's hopes for things like like those kind of things, and then there's hopes that we have for and bigger things in the world, peace, broken relationships that might be reconciled, healing from loss, peace from from loss of loved ones. You know, there's there's big things that we hope for. And so this morning we are encouraged to be joyful in hope. To be joyful in hope. I don't know if you watched the chosen. The, the, the series that's about Jesus and the Gospels. Um, we've, got, we've, we've been watching The Chosen since it began, and I really like it. One of the things I like about it is that I think it really helps us to, to realize that God became human. And they portray Jesus as being a human who laughs, who goes swimming, who, who cries, um, who prays. I think, it's, I think it's really powerful personally. And there was a there was a scene just in a recent episode where um, the, it was it was there was the realization that Jesus was the Messiah was all over people's faces. All that God's people had been hoping for, with the Messiah coming to deliver His people to to restore God's glory, all those hopes that they'd had for hundreds of years waiting hundreds of years waiting for the Messiah to come and realizing that in the most unexpected person wasn't a conquering war general it, it wasn't some mighty king like they were expecting there's a baby born in a manger who is a son of a carpenter who is very common acquainted with grief that was their Messiah. And, and there was a scene where a woman said, he's the Messiah. He's the Messiah. And there was just this uplifting sense, you know. And I found that really striking. All the hopes they'd had, to, and they waited for so long. Here he was in their midst after he proclaimed a reading from the scroll of Isaiah. That the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to bring good news. People... Then some people wanted to, you know, he was blaspheming. But for others who, who could, who realized the Messiah had come, there was an uplifting. He's the Messiah. Well, so when Jesus entered the world, and again, we've just come from that season, hope entered the world. And how we, oh, how we long for hope, Right? Hope is something that, that moves us, that, that can help us to rise up in the times when we are in the pit of despair. Hope can move us forward when we have a dream and there's something that we, we, we can envision or see. Hope draws us forward. But part of it is to, is to find what, what can give us hope. What's the sure foundation of hope? And friends, we, in Jesus Christ, we, we find that sure foundation we find a rock. We, we can sing a hymn that my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ, his righteousness. We have a sure foundation. And there's a story I wanted to draw your attention to. I'm going to read this morning a share about how hope shows up uh, when God's people show up. And so I'm going to turn to the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, after Jesus, he commissioned his people and, and then he left he left the world. And he said, you're, you're going to be my witnesses. You, 
you and I, you're going to be my witnesses to, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the utter ends of the earth, all the way to Alaska. You. And so he commissioned them. He, he gave them the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so in the scene of, right after Pentecost, it's in the book of Acts chapter 2, it says this. Here's the scene, uh, verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions all in goods that they gave to anyone as he had need. This was God's people. These are the people who Jesus had discipled. And now they had received his commission and were going to move forward. Hope was moving them forward. Hope was stirring in their hearts to go and share, to give to those who had need. They gathered together every day in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to the number daily. Hope was stirring in their hearts. Hope was growing this thing we call the church. So it's then that the writer of Acts tells a story. And Acts, of course, is a story where God's good news in Jesus Christ is, is realized it's not just for God's people, the Israelites, the Jews. It's for all people, Jews and Gentiles. And so this is a story of one of the first ministry acts that, that was done by the apostles. And it's a scene where Peter uh, and John, uh, well, here we go. I'll read it. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day, every day to beg from those going into the temple courts from birth. Every day. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. And I don't know quite what Peter was saying. I, mean, I don't know what he looked like exactly, but he's like, I'm imagining like, look at us. You think I got money? You know, look at us. Or maybe he was about to give him some hope. Look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. I don't have money. But what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping. The Messiah is here, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. So Peter acknowledged, you know, I don't have money, but there is something I want to give to you. And I, you know, I, I can't even imagine, you know, this man's lot in life from birth, not being able to walk and, being, and begging 
you know, and, and relying. And um, I have to think that the man was was pretty smart because that temple gate was a was one of the favorite gates, so a lot of people would come, you know. So, but no doubt, um, what he, I'm sure he didn't go to the gate that day thinking, I hope I'll walk. But here's the beautiful thing, is that when Peter and John showed up, hope showed up. Hope for something new. Begging, not being able to walk your entire life. Something, something new and powerful and beautiful happened because they showed up. On Christmas Eve um, this year, I noticed on social media, there was a, someone posted a picture of um, this flight path of a C-130 on Christmas Eve. So I was thinking, gee whiz, is Santa Claus flying a C-130 nowadays or what? <laughs> um, but there's, in the, the flight path, they're circling, going round and round, all these yellow squiggly lines near Ulicle on Christmas Eve night. So, you know, so there's a lot of social media chatter, like, boy, what's going on? You know, what are these people doing? Um, and, well, then what I learned was there was, there was like a Christmas miracle that, that unfolded. So that C-130 was circling uniquely to try to land because not long before that, there was a woman in Shack Tulik, a pregnant woman, 32 weeks, whose water broke. Mind you, it was like blowing 40 knots. Mind you, in Shack Tulik, there's no, there's no hospital. There's a clinic, health aids, telemedicine, but a, wo a woman who's not, in 32 weeks, her water broke. It was a very um, scary, un uh, unsettling, and and in need of a miracle, right? So the medevac flight couldn't land. So from, from uh, the flight place in Nome, and so, okay, well, what next? Well, the Air National Guard was contacted. So they flew a Black Hawk helicopter to Shaktuli, and they were able to land. Black Hawk helicopters can take wind like that. They landed. The plan was to go to Yunukleet, transport her to Yunukleet, and, and um, put her on the C-130, but the C-130 couldn't land. You look like there was way too much crosswind. So they had to they had to do something different and they ended up going to McGrath and and I saw pictures and it was in a, it was a news story. You can see this in the news. Uh, the baby was born here in Anchorage. They made it. They made it. But I thought about how you know I, I was trying to put myself in 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 uh, this woman's shoes and just imagining in the family, you know, a baby in the womb. All the hopes and dreams, right? And and with water broken, with medical facilities and care that wasn't matching the need. But when the Air National Guard and the Blackhawk helicopter showed up, hope showed up. Really, there was a, there was there was an opportunity for getting her somewhere to get the kind of care she needed. Um, and, and man, there were, I saw a lot of people. Took pictures like yeah man there's and people there was like pray 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 and people prayed people prayed but I thought man how how simple how simple to just show up how simple it is to just show up Peter and John really they just went to the gate. But there's a difference when God's people show up. Because we've been given the gift of hope. And not just any kind of hope, a living hope. There's a difference 
and God's people show up. Our, our, one of our former presidents, Gary Walter, would say that hope shows up when God's people show up. You don't have to have answers. You don't have to have some formula or strategy. But you show up. Hope shows up when God's people show up. Be joyful in hope, church. And be ready to show up. Last night, uh, we went to my cousin's house. I don't know what to say. Still don't know what to say. Don't know what to feel. It's kind of numb. We showed up and prayed. So I want to encourage you to be ready to show up. But even maybe before that, to be encouraged that we have a living hope. We can be joyful in hope and patient in affliction when hard times come. And then to be faithful in prayer. So, in our state and in our communities, you know, we, we really struggle with the loss of life from people taking their lives. Um, it just seems like it just never ends. I keep hoping that we won't hear any more news like that where someone has taken their life, which is an act of just someone at the end, at just the ultimate you know, expression of despair. Um, so I, have a, I would like to hope. Um, I, heard, I heard a story from one of a, a chaplain at, at J-Bear. He's a colonel, uh, Masaki Nakazono. He's a covenant pastor. He's been here for a couple of years now. And had lunch with him right before Christmas. And he shared a story with me that just spurred me on and encouraged me big time. So he's, he works for the, in, the, in the military where they experience a lot of loss of life because of soldiers taking their own life. That's a real issue. They feel it and they work at addressing it. So he shared, man, Curtis, we, last year there were 17 in the course of the year, 2021, 17. And so, you know, my, my superior said, um, Colonel Nakazono, what, what can we do? What will you do? You're the leader of our chaplains. And so he said, he, he told me that, that then they, you know, they came together and he said this past year there was a five-month stretch where there wasn't any suicide. And it's been the lowest, lowest number. And I said, wow, wow, Masaki, you know, we really struggle. We're going to have a day of prayer on January 31st. That's a real issue for us. We can't, we can't ignore it and you can't, you know. But um, I said, you know, well, I'd be really curious maybe if you could talk to us or pastors or something and hear about what you did. Maybe your strategy. And he looked at me and said, boy, you know what? There wasn't really any strategy. There wasn't some plan that we devised and carried out and, and it you know, bore fruit to see, um, to see our people protected or there, where there wasn't that kind of despair. He said, you know what? You know what it was? It was prayer. It was prayer, flat out. We, we just became deliberate and, and intentional to pray, to strategically pray. That was a strategy, to strategically pray uh, and, and have direct chaplain presence. And I thought, wow, deliberately pray, but to have direct chaplain presence, to show up. And so he shared just with, with a lot of joy, a lot of joy about what God had been doing in their midst. And he said, you know what? We've been here. I've been here for a couple of years now, Curtis. And, 
and we really feel a burden for your community, you know? And we want to join in that. We want to pray. We want to pray. And, and I, I, I told him that I reflected on this, um, you know, a few just recently. And I said, Mom, I'm really glad you shared with me about the significance and the power of prayer and how we're, we're encouraged to be, be faithful in prayer when God's people, the people Jesus discipled, when they gathered together, that was one of the things that they did besides eat and break bread and, and reading of the apostles' teaching. They prayed. And, and I've been spurred on as I entered 2023, uh, just personally, as, as, the, as serving as your superintendent, to have an intentional heart and exercise prayer muscles to pray, to be, to be faithful in prayer. There's a lot of things that seem impossible in life, uh, seems like at times, health issues, you name it. I came across this quote by Corey Tenboom, who said this, the wonderful thing about praying is that you leave a world of not being able to do something, and you enter God's realm where everything is possible. Everything is possible. Why? Because the Messiah showed up. The Messiah was born. That man had been lame since birth, but when God's people showed up, and in Jesus' name said, get up and walk, he got up. His feet and ankles were strengthened. We enter God's realm where everything is possible. He specializes in the impossible. Nothing is too great for his almighty power. Nothing is too small for his love. So I offer that to encourage you, wherever you are in your life, whatever you face in your life today, right now, that we have the opportunity and the gift to leave our realm where it seems like we can do nothing and enter God's realm the realm where he specializes in the impossible. I'll tell you that as I have grown, as I have walked with Jesus, the way that he taught his disciples to pray, I am finding, isn't just like a 10-foot swimming pool of depth. The more and more I wade into that prayer, I, I feel like um, the time I was snorkeling in Hawaii, and I, I went over the edge of where there was the, the, the coral reef, and it was just like nothing. I was like, ooh, that's deep. <laughs> you know? It's like the more and more I pray that prayer and think upon it, I realize that I can't even fathom the depths of what Jesus taught his followers to pray. Why is that? Because he said for us to pray, he said, pray like this for, for your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And for us to pray for his kingdom to show up, his kingly rule to show up, that's asking heaven to touch earth. That's asking heaven to touch our lives. That's asking heaven to, to come and, and cause us to overflow with hope and life, peace, joy, his love. It's leaving the in realm of what has seemed like we can do nothing and entering God's realm. And so, I, church, I want to encourage you and to, to encourage you to, to take a step. 
um, and and in in being diligent to pray from wherever you are, take a step. There's a trainer who does a lot of training of athletes in the Anchorage area, and I saw this infinity pull-up challenge. Okay, man, I got I don't got much right here, <laughs> and I'm like. I was like, I can hardly do a pull-up for two years, it feels like, you know, maybe three or four or five. But I saw her spurring people on. Start with one. For us in prayer, take a step. Take a step and enter God's realm. And offer to God your, your pain. Give praise to God for your joy. Ask God to do something that seems impossible to you. And I don't know. I don't know how it works. I don't know why when he prayed for my dad that God didn't spare him from the battle of leukemia. He's, he's with Jesus now and has been since 1979. Um, so I don't, I don't know how to explain that. I don't know why we can't go to every lame person and see something like what happened here in Acts 3. I don't know. But what I do know is that Jesus taught us. What I do know is that we're encouraged to be faithful in prayer. And we can share stories. I'm sure there's a lot of stories right here of how God has showed up when hope showed up in your life. And our world needs that. So I want to encourage us to, to take a step, to enter into God's realm daily. My wife and I have developed a habit. It's a habit now to say the Lord's Prayer every morning. And when, I, when we pray it, I have in mind it's not a specific prayer. Sometimes we say, well, how can I specifically pray for you? Um, we do that sometimes. But I, I just think of all the things in the world in my life that I know about that need heaven to touch. And that's what I'm praying. I invite you to do the same. I encourage you to do the same. Be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction. Faithful in prayer. Jesus, we thank you for these stories that show us the hope that we have in you, that give us examples of um, what happened when your people called on your name. The impossibility of a man who was lame since birth rises up and walks and jumps and he praises you. Lord, would you cause our feet and ankles to be strengthened? Help us to be joyful in hope. Help us to be patient in affliction, affliction that's very real, and help us, Lord, to be faithful in prayer. We give you thanks and we look and lift our eyes to you, the one who gives us living hope. In your name I pray. Amen.